Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Today we're looking at e-cigarettes and vaping. Are they a good way of getting people to give up smoking or just another way of feeding a tobacco addiction? Darren Dodd discusses these questions with the FT's Camilla Hodgson and Linda Bold, an expert in cancer prevention and tobacco control. Is vaping e-cigarettes a good way of weaning people off smoking? Or is it just another way of getting people addicted to nicotine? Regulators in the UK and the US have been at odds over the rise of the e-cigarette industry and the debate in the UK has kicked up a notch with the arrival from the US of Juul, the iPhone of e-cigarettes, as it's been dubbed. And with me to discuss the issues today, I have Camilla Hodgson, who's been covering the story for the FT. And on the line, we have Professor Linda Bald from Stirling University, an expert in cancer prevention and tobacco control. So Camilla, if I can start with you, tell us a little bit about Juul, the company and their plans. For people who don't know, they've been causing quite a stir in the US, but what are their plans in the UK? So Juul is a relatively new company. It only really launched in the US in 2015. But in that short period of time, it's got about 70% share of the cigarette market. And in the UK, their aim is to wean all of the cigarette smokers off cigarettes and onto their e-cigarettes, which is about seven and a half million people. And tell us a bit about the product. It's quite unlike the types of vaping machine we see on the market at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, so it doesn't look like a cigarette. It looks kind of like a memory stick. It's also different in that it uses nicotine salts, which means that you get the nicotine hit faster than you would using various other different types of vapes. And also in the US in particular, the quantity of nicotine is pretty high. The product that's available in the UK is less strong Okay, well, Linda, that's probably a good point to bring you in. First, we'll start with a little evidence on on vaping generally. Has it been successful in stopping smoking? And perhaps you could fill us in a little bit about the differences in regulation on this side of the Atlantic. The regulators seem to be taking quite a different attitude to vaping than they do in the States. Yeah, well, we saw these products really come onto the market in larger numbers from about 2010, 2011. So we now have almost 3 million vapors in the UK. And we have quite a positive attitude towards this technology in the UK. There's discussion internationally, but I think one thing that the research community is pretty clear on is that these products are significantly less harmful than smoking. We have a consensus statement in England and actually in Scotland as well that makes that very clear from the research evidence we have to date. How effective they are for helping people stop smoking varies in terms of the device, how it's used, But we certainly are seeing some really encouraging evidence. Gradually over time, we've seen the proportion of people who vape. In the beginning, almost all of them were smoking as well. And now more than half of them who vape have actually stopped smoking completely. And that's a a recent shift. So it seems to be taking some time, but I think the signs are promising. In terms of the difference between the UK and the US, Juul has been very successful in the US market, new product here. We have different regulation. So as part of the European Union, we have something called the Tobacco Products Directive, which essentially banned almost all forms of e-cigarette marketing in the UK and in other European countries. And we added actually additional layer to that in the UK. We prohibited internet advertising and print media advertising in the UK. In the UK, we have age of sale of 18. And also some more complex elements of the EU legislation are it limits the nicotine content. So as Camilla says, in the US, Juul is at 50 milligrams per milliliter of nicotine, and it's going to be limited to 20 in the UK and the EU. And we also have some other slightly unusual regulations around things like the size of the refill containers, which are limited to very small here, 10 milliliters. So but the key difference is 
the restrictions on marketing, I think, are particularly significant, and the nicotine content for this product in particular. The company have gotten a bit of flack from the US press about their marketing methods. Camilla, you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's been a bit of a hoo-ha in recent weeks with regard to Juul on social media. The company themselves say this has been blown out of all proportion, but there have been a couple of lawsuits recently with people alleging that, in effect, Juul did not make clear enough how addictive the product was, and also that they were targeting teenagers, school children, people who were underage in particular via social media, making it look like a kind of cool, new, young product. The company say there's no merit to those claims. They say that they're very careful and that they only target adult smokers. That is their demographic. But obviously that's caused a bit of a fuss and it remains to be seen how that plays out in the UK. And how is the rest of the tobacco industry? What else is going on in the market there? Yeah, so the big tobacco companies, people like Philip Morris and British American Tobacco, are investing billions into this what they call next generation products, which is things that are not traditional cigarettes. This has happened as the sale, particularly in the Western world, of traditional cigarettes has declined, been consistently declining for some years now. And they've seen the popularity of things like vaping, heat not burn is another product that's similar. And they're investing billions of dollars into this industry. Philip Morris in particular has committed to a smoke-free future, it says, which is this idea of selling only e-cigarettes and not traditional cigarettes at all at some point, although there's not an end date for that. So, Linda, I mean, the way that big tobacco is going about targeting the kind of e-cigarette market, how is that panning out? I mean, a lot of them talking now about eradicating tobacco use and phrases like this, which seem quite radical for big tobacco companies. Yeah, I mean, it's a very complex picture. Camilla's absolutely right. They are active in this market. In terms of e-cigarettes, which are a different product class from Heat Not Burn, Heat Not Burn is a completely different type of product. It heats the tobacco to under 200 degrees Celsius. It actually contains tobacco, and the little sticks that you put in the device look like a mini cigarette. vaping something completely different. In terms of e-cigarettes, the tobacco industry in the UK occupies less than a third of the market, so they're selling less than a third of vaping devices. Most of them are from the vape shops and other retailers, some of the big retailers like Totally Wicked, for example, that are independent. So their presence makes people believe that people are being fooled, essentially, that they may be incredibly risky because because the tobacco industry, I've worked in this field for 20 years, they have a terrible history of not being honest about their products, trying to hide how harmful they are. So I think they can see the future. They can see that in the UK we have less than 16% of adults smoking. But in many of the countries I work in Africa, in South Asia, for example, the smoking rates in some of those countries, particularly amongst women and youth, are actually rising. And certainly the number of smokers is rising. And Philip Morris and British American Tobacco, their market in those countries is cigarettes. It's not harm reduction. So I'd be extremely cautious about their motives. But on the other hand, you know, their business model is they have to change and move with innovation. And certainly in higher income countries, I think the future is away from tobacco. The Royal College of Physicians estimates that vaping, e-cigarettes, contain about 5% of the risk of smoking. And the devices will continue to evolve. So certainly from a health perspective, I would love to see more smokers switch to vaping. But in the developing world, the priority is to make sure that people either don't start smoking at all or that we try and remove these really harmful products from that marketplace. Should we be concerned about the addictive nature of these new substances? Camilla, you had some new details about that. Yeah, so I think people take different standpoints on this, but there was an interesting study done by a group called Truth Initiative, a survey of more than 1,000 15 to 24-year-olds in the US. 
this is specifically about Juul rather than e-cigarettes in general, about a quarter of them recognised a Juul device, 10% said that they'd used one, but only a quarter of the people who had used one actually knew that it had nicotine in it. And given that they are strong products in terms of how much nicotine they contain, there does seem to be a worry there. It's potentially easy for people to become addicted without necessarily knowing what they're getting themselves into. So, Linda, to finish, should we be still worried about the possibilities of addiction? I think there's a big confusion about nicotine. I mean, obviously, as a parent, from a parent's perspective, and these young people in the U.S., we don't really want them using anything that might be dependence-forming. But nicotine itself actually is not that harmful. It's a bit like caffeine. It's when you add the nicotine to the burnt tobacco, that's what causes the health harms. But we've confused that over decades. So I don't think we should get ourselves really worked up about young people experimenting with a nicotine-containing product, particularly a lower nicotine one like Juul in the UK, because actually there's no good evidence that those young people then go on to smoke, which for me is a crucial thing. What we want to do is prevent young people from smoking. So the great potential promise of these products, including Juul, is that they will reduce the health harms of smoking and they will actually help us move towards a very, very low smoking rate in the UK I think they have a role to play. And so we just need to strike a balance, watch the market, see what happens. And at the end of the day, the priority is to make sure that the appeal and the use of cigarettes goes down and continues to go down in the future. And if vaping helps with that, that's good news. That was Darren Dodd talking to the FT's Camilla Hodgson and Linda Bould, Professor of Health Policy at Stirling University. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more news next week, but in the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, take a look at our latest subscription offers at ft.com offer. If you've enjoyed this podcast, try FT Big Picture. Join Gideon Rachman, Sarah O'Connor, Martin Wolf, Rana Faruha and John Thornhill as they explore the most significant questions of our age In the latest episode, to be published on Monday, Martin Sanbu examines economic insecurity and the future of the welfare state. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.